Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 2, titled The Same Old Story. Uh, Another very, very good episode... Uh, providing a really solid progression from the pilot. Uh, We sort of are settling in more to the standard dynamic of the series, settling in more to what the show actually is, Uh, particularly from a character perspective. We got Olivia and Peter and Walter setting up more of a rapport with one another, like settling into their new holy trinity. I particularly love the subplot of Walter needing row, row, row your boat sung to him so he could sleep, which, I mean, on paper is really funny, but if you actually think about it for like five seconds, is really sad, is incredibly, incredibly heartbreaking. Because literally what this subplot is, is Walter got so used to this hellish mental institution he was in for so many years that he's now gotten used to it, and now he's been taken out of that environment, and as good as that is for him, he still can't get to sleep without the one inmate singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat over and over and over again at night. And now, Peter has to be the one to sing it to him now. And the fact that Peter does that without Walter prompting him to, like, it's just, it's nice. It's a little sweet little character moment, and I really, really... I really love that subplot. And, of course, we have Olivia Dunham sort of coming to terms with the John Scott situation. What the hell was going on there? What the hell was happening there? And what that means for her judgment that she didn't see it. And how that sort of colors the relationship we ha- she had with him. And that's well done as well. This also contains maybe the most horrifying sequence in all of Fringe. <laughs> maybe the most horrifying sequence in the entire show. That opening with, like, the freaking rapid pregnancy that happens in the course of, like, what, a half hour? And then the baby she gives birth to grows in a half hour. Like, just... Wow. It's, like, that moment where, like, there's just something, like, poking out of her stomach. And she's, like, in severe pain. It's just, like, the pregnancy comes to term faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. Like, it's just, like, this foreign body invaded. It also kind of... If you ask me, it really underscores just how effed up the whole concept of pregnancy is. Like, if you really think about it, it's bizarre. It's a really bizarre thing. And society loves it. Humanity, because it's built into our evolution, 
eats it up when it's over a nine month period but when it's happening like instantaneously it immediately kind of highlights just how just how bizarre and how effed up it is <laughs> like if you really if you really think about it it's just so strange uh but it's such a good sequence it's so well done and it really gets at me like obviously i am not uh i am not a lady last time i checked i had a penis <laughs> uh so i can't exactly relate to the pregnancy side of things but like still even with that gender gap even with that barrier, it still kind of freaked me out in that same body horror way as the first episode. Especially, like, this has always stuck out as, like, the most effed up thing Fringe has ever done. This has always struck me as the most effed up sequence Fringe has ever done. That and, uh, something in season two that I won't, uh, I won't obviously talk about until then. But I'll point it out when it happens in the next, uh, couple months. But... Oh boy, that one sequence in season two gave me nightmares. Uh, <laughs> but this rapid pregnancy thing is so screwed up. And it's even a little bit more screwed up when you realize that that was an accident. This, like, super horrifying thing that feels really just viscerally terrifying. And it's just such spectacular body horror and really gets under your skin that was a freaking accident that shouldn't have happened and and arguably arguably the thing that was supposed to happen to her was worse because he was basically going to perform surgery on her and remove a piece of her brain remove her pituitary gland while she was alive to we find out, like, reverse, or not reverse, to stall his, his own rapid, 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 rapid aging process, uh, so that he could stay young. But, like, you have, you have these sequences with women, like, strapped down to tables with all this, like, surgical stuff. He's gonna make, like, an incision on gums and go up through brain and just like, uh, uh. <laughs> This is a very, uh, this is a very gross episode. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> this one is disturbing. But the result of having sex with this lady before, uh, before brutally murdering her was this rapid pregnancy and the resulting 80-year-old man-baby, as Peter Bishop so eloquently puts it. Uh, but it's just, it, it's all. It's so strange and so amazingly handled, and it's just so weird. It's really, really weird. And also, we get the personal edge here that this is a serial killer from Olivia Dunham's past that she investigated with John Scott. So we have that sort of tie in to the character arc. This is something that Olivia and John investigated together so she knows all the ins and outs everything about his mo the bed sheets uh swapped with linen the orange gel that's like basically a knockout agent all of it 
she understands all of it going in. As soon as she figures out the connection there, she's like, okay, I know this. And she and John investigated it and obviously came up with nothing. Turns out, like, she was investigating, like, fringe science stuff. She was investigating the pattern before she knew she was investigating the pattern, essentially. Like, it, it, it's really weird. It's, uh, it's a really strange coincidence there. But we get into the idea of rapid aging, which I touched upon already. We get into the idea of, like, uh, Walter Bishop did these experiments where... He was told to grow soldiers. And he not never got past theoretical stages because of the whole pituitary gland problem. But someone made a breakthrough and then didn't solve the pituitary gland problem. So made it so that that man who was the process of an experiment could exist. But... It didn't solve the way too rapid aging issue. And so this guy's our killer. And every few years he's got to get a certain amount of pituitary glands to stay young. Blah, 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 blah. And we talked to this Dr. Penrose guy. Who used to work with Walter Bishop on this stuff. And it's standard questioning, blah, blah, blah. I know nothing, I know nothing, I know nothing. I tried to forget this, I tried to forget this, I tried to forget this. Almost immediately we find out, nope, it was that guy. That guy continued the experiments. That guy continued to research this and had a breakthrough and got this man who was the process of this experimentation, the process of basically being grown in a lab. And Penrose views this dude as his son. Uh, so this is actually, this is not some weird, perverse experimentation thing. This is literally, this guy's a father to him. This guy views this killer as his son and wants to protect his son. And then we get into that second body that drops and we have the whole... Getting the last image she saw that was imprinted on her eye. And it's so, it's so interesting. Like, it's such a fascinating sequence. And they handle it very, very well. Obviously, there's a lot of zoom and enhance going on here. <laughs> when the bridge comes up and we get like the, okay, find where she has to be to get the angle of the bridge. Uh, uh, triangulate, zoom and enhance. Like, obviously, there's a lot of that there. But, I mean, this is literally a show where... A woman can get impregnated and 30 minutes later give birth to an 80-year-old man-baby. So... I can buy it. <laughs> like, that's not the most outrageous thing in this show, so who the hell cares? But... We get that. By the way, I have to mention the scene at, uh... At Massive Dynamic... Where, first off, Olivia has this weird-ass dream where Broyles asks 
asks her if she and John were quote unquote safe the last time they were intimate, and then she like starts getting the rapid pregnancy stuff, and it's like okay, that that's obviously a dream. She woke up from that, had the sit down with Nina Sharp, where she got the technology to do the eye imprinted image deal. And <laughs> I especially love this moment where Nina Sharp's like, you know, I really respect you being a being a woman in a primarily male-dominated field. You know, uh, I'm sure a lot of your male colleagues just assume you and uh, you and your partner were intimate. And then Olivia just has this look on her face, like, huh. Uh, no, I uh, that that's not true at all. What a what a what a misogynistic thought. What a what a sexist rumor. It's definitely definitely a rumor and not a, not a thing that actually happened. Like, see, there's so many layers to this. First off, I doubt that Nina doesn't know (laughs) there's very little that gets past nina quite honestly so she definitely knows and this was definitely her taunting her and b i feel like it was also the writers going okay look yeah we get it we know this is not the most progressive of storylines. We know this is not uh, the most feminist plotline we could have delivered. We get that. Also, character work. Also, we we do character stuff. So, shut up. Like It, it was kind of them like anticipating some form of backlash. Which, I don't know if they got that. I don't know if that anticipation bore anything out. Maybe a few years later it would have, but I'm not sure if in 2008 that happened. But you can see almost, like, them being self-aware and being like, yeah, we know this is not the most... This is not the most progressive of storylines. It's not the most progressive thing we could have done. Like, it's kind of them acknowledging that in a weird, subtle way. Uh, but we get that last image from the eye thing, which is really, really cool, which is a really, really awesome sequence. And then we get this final confrontation with the killer and with Penrose. Uh, Olivia goes on this chase to get the killer. As he's starting to age rapidly, his aging process is starting to catch up with him because he didn't get this last pituitary gland. Peter is in this standoff with Penrose, where he's got Penrose captured, but then Penrose uh, does the overdose anesthetic and then runs the hell away and gets away, and we never see him again. So he's in the wind, we don't know where, and Peter has to, like, sort of save her and jumpstart her heart and all of that. We have that great phone call to talk through how to do a makeshift defibrillator, which is great, which is, like, this amazing, like, very casual on Walter's end, (laughs) while Peter's freaking out, like, hey, I gotta save this woman's life! And Walter's just being like, this is just another Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, There's that great moment when... Olivia finally catches up to this dude, and he's, like, 
old as shit. And he's like, I was an experiment. He should have let me die, but he was blinded because he loved me. And then he dies. And pretty much all the loose ends are tidied up, except for Penrose, who's just in the wind and we don't know where. Uh, Nina Sharp offers Olivia a job at Massive Dynamic. To which she responds by demanding a raise from Royals. <laughs> uh, and then we get this weird moment where Olivia sits down with Walter. And Walter's talking about how he can never set... How sometimes it's difficult to separate God's domain from his own as a scientist, which is what happened with Penrose. And then he's like, hey, so if you read my file, that means you probably know Peter's medical history. Maybe keep that between us. And then Olivia's like, um, there was no medical history, just his birthday. And Walter's like, oh, never mind then. And so we're kind of left scratching our heads like, wait a minute. What medical history? What, what does Walter not want us to know? What does Walter not want Olivia to know? What does Walter not want Peter to know, rather? And then we get the very ominous ending of just, like, basically more test tube, uh, rapid aging dudes, uh, that are just there, and then it immediately, like, cuts to credits. Uh, but yeah, solid, solid second episode in one of the greatest shows ever made. Anyway, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push my button on the anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468. And support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll put up once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 3. Talk to you then.